Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I am one of your co-hosts. I'm not joined today by Nils Smith. Uh, Nils is out on one of his many adventures, but we are still celebrating all that God did during the very first Social Media Church Conference. Uh, we got even more numbers in than the last update we shared with you straight off the back of the conference. We actually had over 400 leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, church leaders, uh, social media team members, teams go through this. And Nils and I could not be more excited because what that means is each of those 400 churches and ministries are going to get better on social media. I'm almost just as excited. I'm I'm fresh off of uh, thinking about an email that my grandpa sent me uh, a few days ago because he was praying for the conference and my grandpa did not by any means attend the conference, but uh, he's one of the biggest prayer warriors that I have in my life. And grandpa was just asking what success looked like for us. And uh, so that, that got me thinking, what how are we measuring success of this conference? And uh, so I just want to share with you guys, and I know Nils would sign off on this. A lot of it is, yes, the number of registrations, because each one of those numbers is a ministry leader, a pastor, a church leader, a leader of a team, maybe even somebody on a volunteer team trying to take their church's social media content to the next level. And when listeners like yourselves tune into these podcasts and sign up for, this was our first conference, but there will be more conferences to come and something at the end of this episode that I'm excited to share with you guys about. But each one of those numbers is somebody that is investing in their ministry to ultimately amplify their ministry on social media, taking it to the next level so that the gospel can be spread all around the world. That gets me so excited. I know that gets Nils really excited. Uh, and so I, I just want to share with you guys today uh, a little bit about what you may have missed. And for those of you who are listening, who did attend the conference, uh, we're going to give you a flashback uh, of your conference experience of what you guys learned. This entire episode is highlights from our very first ever social media church conference. And again, I want to share with you guys that at the end of this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the next thing that's coming. So if you missed the conference, this is a little gift to you to hear some of the things from some of the thought leaders, from some of the people that we had on this podcast leading up to the conference uh, that you may have missed. Um, and know that just because you missed the first conference doesn't mean you missed the boat. Uh, there are some really cool things coming to conference. Well, really, in a lot of ways, this podcast was the first step that happened in 2013. Uh, and now it's led to a conference and now it's going to lead to so much more. One of those things I can't wait to share with you at the end of this podcast. So, uh, that's enough of me talking. I just wanted to celebrate all that God did, uh, and what success was from this conference. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. The other thing that I shared with my grandpa is, uh, not only did 400 plus church leaders attend, which means they're amp they're going to be amplifying and getting their social media to the next level in being able to spread the gospel, uh, to the world. But 
what I also love seeing, what is success for me, and I know what it is for Nils, is bringing together our network. So the fact that we are able to get 40 speakers, so we're really excited about 400 plus leaders, but we're also just as excited that there was 40 speakers that all came together. Each of those 40 speakers has influence in their own areas, and there was a lot of crossover. I'm sure that for those of you who are listening to this right now that attended the conference, there's somebody um, a name, maybe a concept that you encountered that you haven't heard of yet. And so part of this is that we had 40 people, 40 speakers, 40 thought leaders in this space come together from different parts of social media, from different parts of ministry, all coming together to contribute to this one conference. And so the win for me is, a. Uh, elevating their names, elevating uh, their platforms, because they've done the hard work to craft, uh, whether it's talking about a specific platform or talking about the creative elements that go into content, or even just the strategy to be deployed and executed on social media, and being able to give them a place to uh, amplify their voices to help the 400 leaders, and honestly, to help the other speakers. You guys, you would not believe how many speakers logged on. We're in the comment section as well. And then we're asking, Hey, can I get special access to uh, these speakers? I was, you know, busy commenting, but I really wanted to hear what they had to say. And so this, we're all in this together. Uh, and whether you were on stage speaking or whether you were a participant like myself, being able to hear from these speakers, uh, we were all blessed. And that is all the win is our networks and ideas all blending together to help each other amplify our ministries on social media. So without further ado, let's get into the highlights from the 2021 very first ever social media church, the conference. I mean, is there anyone listening to me today that has not opened either Messenger or WhatsApp or Instagram direct messaging or, you know, one of those uh, private messaging apps? Is there anyone? I don't think so, because billions of people around the world use these apps on a daily basis, and that includes you and me. So these tools present an unprecedented opportunity for us to connect with people, to minister to people in the most intimate and the most personal way possible, you know, preaching the gospel, taking the good news and ministering to them or, or simply just being there for them in that space, in on a tool that they use on a daily basis, just just being there as a salt and a light and as a child of God, just sharing the love of God, witnessing to them and moving, uh, you know, their hearts towards light from darkness. Research has shown that 74%, that's almost three out of four Americans who report being a member of a faith community find it meaningful. Three out of four people who report being a member of a faith community, they find it meaningful, but less than 2% of 200 million Facebook groups are faith-based and almost 0% are connected to a church. So you see, the churches have the pages. Churches have the pages but we don't actually have the spaces to disciple people. Social media is about marketing. Social ministry is about discipleship. Number one, write down who you're called to. 
what is the purpose and vision of your YouTube channel? You might not be able to just do this quickly, but capture that question, these five questions, and take some time later to make the vision play, hear me, to actually have it written down. If it's not written, it's not real. So when you take time to actually write down the purpose of your YouTube channel, when you write down who you're called to, you're describing the person, it, it sometimes feels constrictive. Man, I feel limited if I'm only trying to reach Gen Z Christian women. That's a good thing because it is very powerful when like Jonah, you know you're called to Nineveh. You might want to run away from it. You might be like, I'm uncomfortable and actually I'm going to go run the other way. And then you find yourself in the whale's mouth being brought to the people you're called to in the first place. But get super clear and write it down. Number one, who are you called to? What's the purpose and vision of your YouTube channel? Number two, write this down. Why should someone subscribe to your YouTube channel? Just because you write that down, I might go, uh, okay, it wasn't a very good reason. The greater you strengthen that elevator pitch, if you will, the more confidence you're going to have on what the purpose of your YouTube channel is and what problem it really solves. The ambitions and the problems it's solving for the exact person you're trying to help, you're trying to reach, and you're trying to serve. Thirdly, in, su in summary, make like 10 slots and find uh, 10 YouTube channels that you could learn from. So what you're gonna do, here's a cool homework, right? I want you to watch YouTube later. Literally, I want you to take a couple hours, maybe like a Saturday morning, to sit down, block some time, to watch five to 10 creators. They also don't have to be necessarily in your same niche or niche. They don't have to be exactly what you are trying to do, um, but that might be helpful. But man, you're gonna get so many ideas, so many video format ideas. Notice, what did they do? Which of their videos are getting the most views? What does it seem they're doing that's effective? What are they doing that you actually are inspired by? What are they doing that inspires you to do it differently? And that actually maybe even fires you up for how needed your voice, your style, your unique point of view, and your unique calling and gifting that is needed in God's kingdom is inspired because you go, and everything I've seen, here's the gap. Here's the opening. Here's where my voice fits in. So, so write like one through 10 and fill that out and then study and journal some ideas around that. And then finally, number four, imagine reaching your ideal end goal. What does it look like and what does it feel like? If every battle is won before it's even fought, I want you to think one year from now, two years from now, three years from now, what's your YouTube channel look like? Does it have 100,000 subscribers? Does it have a team of one, two, three people helping you, editing videos, reaching people, responding to the messages and forms people are filling out because they want to follow Jesus? What is like, like, let's take some time for some vision. What is the end goal? If you were, how would you know you'd been successful? What does winning look like? What does it feel like? You know, as you're journaling, you're thinking about, man, I've, re I've put a lot of work into this. We've committed to a crazy content schedule every week, all the study and all the live streams and all the videos. But man, we, we, we've done it. We reached our goal of having 10,000 people sign up for our discipleship course online, of having uh, 10,000 worship leaders, you know, whatever it is. Imagine reaching your ideal end goal journal around that. Make the vision clear. Get it on tablets. What's it look like? What does it feel like? And my friend, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this session with me. I want to encourage you. YouTube is a mission field that is ready for your voice, your ministry, and that when you find through these five questions, 
You're going to find clarity for your unique approach that is needed to help build God's kingdom with social media, with online video, and with YouTube in your unique way because you were born an original. Did you know that the church is one of the largest uh, producers of content? The religious genre of uh, podcasting has historically been one of the biggest. It's been the biggest for a long time until recently, and uh, we're excited about that. Uh, one of the things we want to help churches and, and ministries do is to utilize the platform for all it can be. Um, many uh, ministry leaders are even starting to jump in and develop channels and uh, form content around things like leadership and and worship and uh, spiritual life and development, uh, meditation, et cetera, on and on and on. Um, and so we're excited about it. We're excited about the industry. We're excited about uh, what it can do for churches, for you, as you're thinking through social media, communications, uh, marketing. There's a lot of growth that can happen here. Let's talk a bit now about design and some practical considerations for carousel posts. First, don't presume that for a post like this to work, that the designs need to be remarkable. You know, here's an example of a post from our social media subscription service. The hook is, there's something you need to know, uh, which is by the way, another great example of a hook, inject a little mystery. And then the leap is simply, God loves you, he always has, and he always will. And the design is just that black and white text with black and white backgrounds, ridiculously simple. With that being said, carousel posts do require more work than most posts, at least generally, simply because there's more than one slide, right? But trust me, it's worth it. These kind of posts have much greater longevity than average social posts, they reach deeper, and because of their comprehensive nature, they tend to earn considerably more saves and shares than other social posts, which are core metrics that these social platforms are looking at nowadays because they can't be faked or gamed in ways like likes or even comments can. And then one more thing carousel posts do is they earn much greater hover time than other posts. We don't need more resources. Uh, we don't need more time. We wish we had more time. It's usually about time management. We wish we had more resources. It's usually about thinking creatively about the resources we have because God has given us everything we need to do what he has asked us to do. We don't need <laughs> more support although we would like it. We don't need more support because actually our encouragement is from Christ himself who spurs us on to the work and cheers us on with great celebration and recognition. He says, well done, my faithful servant. You know, and we don't actually need more people if they aren't available to us. I mean, of course we would like all these things and if they come, praise God. But what I'm trying to remind you of today is that you have everything you need in the small broken container inside the box you already have everything that you need to do what God has for you. He has created these limits in your life. He has created limits on your skill, your time, your talent, your abilities, your team, so that you may lean on him, so that you may be inspired by what he has done in the world, and so that ultimately, of course, he may get the glory for our work. That when things go beautifully and creative, creatively and um, and amazingly in the work that you do, which I hope it does over and over, would be that he gets the glory, he gets the praise for the gifts that he has given us inside this container of ourselves.
But the truth is you need to know your creative team. Uh, Ed Catmull, who wrote, uh, wrote the book Creativity Incorporated, I'd encourage you, if you want to be a creative leader, read Ed Catmull's book Creati Creativity Incorporated. Uh, one of the things, he, he was the president of Pixar Animation and the co-president uh, at the same time of Disney Anim Walt Disney Animation. And one of the things he talks about in the book that I have such respect for is that at Pixar, if you do a big hit, you, you know, the, the people on the team get a piece of the action. You know, they're all getting a bonus based on how successful their movies are. And sometimes they're a significant bonus for people, but it could involve a hundred different people on the team, animators, writers, designers on the team. And so it would be so easy for Ed Catmull when that time comes to just you know, directly deposit that money in each person's account or send them a check, just put it and add it to their regular paycheck. However, that's done there. It would be so easy for him to do that. But you know what he does? He has a physical a check cut for every single person and he either goes to their office personally, individually, or invites them to his office individually, gives them the check, thanks them for the amazing job they did and just chats with them for a little bit. It may be a hundred people and it could take him a week or two to do it, but he's committed to that kind of walking the factory floor, getting to know his people, developing that personal relationship. And I'll tell you, when you do that, your creative people will walk through the fire for you. They will do whatever it takes to make a project successful. It's just a great example from Ed Catmull. And, and it's, it's not surprising then that Pixar is so amazing and remarkable when it comes to animated feature films. And he's doing the same thing. He, he, until he recently retired, he was doing the same thing at Disney Animation, just raising the bar with little techniques like that. So don't think that you can lead creative people from afar, get to know them, develop ideas, sit around, just walk into their office occasionally and just chat. That's so incredibly important. You know, me and my wife are preparing to have a, a baby, so I'm in the nursery filming this, and uh, it's been interesting to watch the development of my baby boy in her stomach. And, you know, he starts off as like this, this tiny little poppy seed and just grows slowly and slowly and slowly. Over a period of nine months, that baby becomes six, seven, eight pounds from pretty much nothing. And the thing is, that's how life grows. And the way babies grow, that's fast, actually. That's not how normally people grow. Like after the baby stage, growth starts slowing down quite a bit. And that's really how life happens. I'd say that's the same thing for discipleship. Discipleship doesn't happen in massive spurts. It happens with small, simple steps that we take to get closer to Jesus. So I want to encourage you to start seeing your church's social media, not as a chance to change people's lives in a single instance, uh, but actually as a tool for discipleship to help people take tiny, small steps toward Jesus. I think mm. we have been missing those small group moments uh, with the pandemic mm. and not being able to get with the people that we're used to fellowshipping with uh, in a smaller setting. Feel free to have a small group discussion. Of course, you know, people are coming back into the sanctuary. Uh, they're trying to integrate in-house with cyber and all the stuff like that. Uh, so feel free to present this to your ministry lead and say, hey, for those that don't feel comfortable coming back to the sanctuary yet or um, coming to small group gathering in person yet, why don't we have a clubhouse conversation uh, where they can still feel included and they don't have to get on video or anything like that. And it keeps you guys together. A person can open as many rooms as they would like under your club. 
Now we're talking about impact here and hacking. So Jen and I can have one club, Blacklight Digital. Please go find us on Clubhouse. And Jen can open a room up and talk about social media. And I can open a room up and talk about theology and technology. And somebody else can open a room up and talk about the books that they're reading. And all of these rooms will then be populated in the hallway. Consider that three rooms, one thing, one theme, thematic, all of them populating in Clubhouse. Somebody's going to go into these rooms or all three of these rooms. This is another way for these small groups. Let's say that you have a group of people who just want to put you all on Clubhouse to see how you, you know, interact. I can pick the room that I want to go into that night and be blessed, be encouraged that way. We need to celebrate people. People need celebration. That's what every social media platform is there for. You want to let go of comparison and get out of the trap? Celebrate people. That's just how the kingdom works. Everything about the kingdom works upside down. I I, I like to, uh, one of my pastors a long time ago, he wrote a book called Upside Down and I was so confused. I was like, the way to go up is to go down. It makes a lot of sense when you look at Jesus. Our King Jesus washing people's feet. The way to go up is to go down. The way to get closer to your calling is to help someone else to theirs. The way to, um, to win is to help someone else win. You want to get closer to your purpose? You want to get closer to, uh, to, to, to your goals? Help someone else get to theirs. It, it makes a big difference. The six campaigns that we kind of built, uh, right, that, that I'd recommend you at least considering and, and praying about is we do prayer, uh, purpose, uh, we do a 21-day marriage challenge, and then we target parents and young families, uh, then entrepreneurs and local business owners, and then we finish it with a 30-day Bible challenge, right? So now we're hitting lots of different demographics of people, lots of different people groups, and people that are interested in different things, but all of them are ministry-based, right? So every single one of them just has a different ministry hook at the top, right? So we're using Facebook ads to deliver some type of a ministry hook, then we're taking them into Facebook Messenger, and then we're using chatbots in order to kick off automated sequences that are going to lead people to plan your visit, and then we're sending an audio prayer to every single person, and we're calling the plan your visits within 15 minutes. Again, about 10% of the people that submit a prayer request are then going to go on to plan a visit, and your church uh, can reach a lot of people if you simply use this framework. And so it's interesting because I believe that the church is often asking the question, well, in some churches, why, why do we even need social media? And when are we going to get people back into the building? And, and, and those things are good. But I would challenge you, don't get caught in the paralysis of analysis that we don't move towards people. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying prioritize people, watch this, that are not in your bubble. <laughs> prioritize people that are not in your bubble. What does that mean? That means that while you have your conviction, while you have your heart's passions, while you have your theology, while you have your preferences, that you don't allow any of those things to create a a wedge between you and people that God may be actually sending you to connect with. And that may mean that you get outside of your bubble and connect with people that are of a different political persuasion or a different race or a different geography or a different sexual ethic or whatever it may look like. 
I'm not asking you to agree with them. I am asking you to connect with them. I am asking you to burst your bubble and be the hands and feet of Jesus. The reality is, who do you want to be top of mind with? Are you looking for more Gen Z's? Are you looking more for parents that have preschoolers? Are you focusing really intently on making awareness that your church has a singles ministry? It doesn't mean that you can't try to serve everyone, but the reality is, and a lot of data shows us that people are more involved when they feel a connection with the church. They are more involved when a church is geographically closer to their home. So when you as a church organization have identified who it is that you really want to resonate with, ask yourself, do you have content on social media that lets that demographic know that you really are caring about them? So if you're trying to build a robust youth program, somewhere in your social media content, you should have pictures of youth, right? Rocket science, I know. But people want to be seen in your marketing. So if you want more people to know you've got a music program, you need to give visualizations of what that looks like. If you want more people under the age of 50 in your congregation, then you need to amplify that message on social media. So people can say, I could see myself at this church. I could see myself wanting to get involved in this place and in this community. Focus on community. Sometimes I think we we forget that social media is all about connecting us to people. It's hard to remember a life before Facebook. How would we know what anybody we went to high school with is up to these days without Facebook? Some days it seems like it might be nice to not have all of that information. But the beauty in this social media world that we live in is connectedness and community that we as a church have the opportunity to leverage as we bring people together. Seth Godin, one of my favorite marketers and thought leaders around uh, marketing topics, says that people like us do things like this. People like us do things like this. People like us, that's that persona. Who are we trying to reach? The do things like this, that's how we build community, to find those people who do things like we do. When you share on social media and you share God's word and you share the truth and the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years after he came, he died on the cross and he rose again and he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. When you preach that gospel message, when you tell the stories of what God is doing in people's lives today, as you do digital ministry and speak God's word online, he takes that message and he drives it supernaturally in the human heart. It's not how creative you can be. It's about getting God's word out to people. And you will be blown away over and over. And I know I have been. We will be blown away that it's not about how creative we can be, but it's about simply presenting the simple gospel message. And I want to encourage you to do that in your digital ministry, to be intentional, to clearly present the simple gospel. First, I think the important thing we have to do with our congregation is teach them how to share their own testimony. Um, Paul uses his testimony again and again and again in the book of Acts. Uh, you can find it, I think, in Acts chapter 9, um, 22 and 26, where he just again and again tells a story about how he saw and found Jesus on the Damascus Road. And so every believer has a testimony. Now, whether they want to share it or not, that is another question, but every believer has a testimony. And so 
Testimony can be really powerful. It, it, I mean, I think that it's been proven time and time again, but using it in the digital church can also be really powerful. Even asking just in the comments, can you share your testimony with us um, would be amazing. I was really focused on finding a way to reduplicate myself. And that's key. Every leader should be able to duplicate themselves and others. You should not be the only one doing everything. And if you're not there, things should not fall apart. We all deserve some time off. We all deserve an opportunity to rest. There's no reason that you have to do everything. You have to train, empower, lead, and allow your DNA to duplicate itself in them. And so what I've done with the team that I have, about seven people now, is made sure through training and through times of us just spending an opportunity to talk via conference or whatever it may be, you know, to talk about how we can improve what we're doing and how they can grow in their areas of how they're serving. And I've made it very important for them to understand the same things I share with you about engagement and why we have to engage our online community. I share with them, you have to speak to people. You have to understand the importance of your role in what you do. They could tell you right now if they were here, how many prayer requests they get just on our online campus. Talk to a person and not a congregation. What would you say? If you had individual relationships, if we were able to honestly take this technology and use it for good and use technology to scale personal relationships, that's what we should be doing. We use technology to scale personal relationships. We don't use technology as a hammer to just be lazy. We need to use it for personal relationships. If you could talk to an individual one-on-one -on -one throughout the week and do it with every single person in your church, what would you say? Because from the pulpit, it's one-to-many, and one-to-many communication is very different than one-to-small group and one-to-some and one-to-one. -one. Digital ministry opens up those options, and you need to start thinking about those types of genre of conversations and engagement practices. You cannot just use the megaphone and think of it even as a telephone. You need to think about a, a whole um, a whole sphere of spectrum of stuff that you can do now that you have the ability to talk to one, one person at a time through personalization, um, to small groups targeted by affinity groups or felt needs, um, or larger groups or even the whole church, right? You have so many options. What we don't see a lot in the scriptures is the amount of people who said no. But when Jesus says the gate is narrow, this is what I believe he's talking about. Where we don't know this, scripture doesn't uh, you know, shed a light on this, but think of how many people said no to Jesus. <laughs> think of how many people said no to him. But did that stop him? No, it didn't. So the point I'm making is, we're going to hear no a lot. We're going to hear no as a lot. This is true for me as a marketer. This is true for me as a business owner. This is true for you as someone who is most likely involved at a church. You're going to hear no a lot. And it's going to happen most likely in the direct stage. So I want you to get used to that. It doesn't mean it's not working. It doesn't mean it's not working. It just means that we need to, to, to have more opportunities and at-bats so those yeses can become yeses faster. And the point of social media is that it is all about engagement.
It's a two-way street. That's why they call it social media. It's not a broadcast medium. It's a social medium. So go ahead, have a look at that. Look at your content through that lens. Are you broadcasting or are you being social? Do you reply to people's comments on your content? Do you engage with people? If you're on a channel where you can follow people back, do you follow them back? Um, that's a huge one. People expect a two-way dialogue on social media. So go have a look, do an audit across your channels. What are our takeaways? Well, I've got a lot. I've got probably more questions and you probably have more questions now than than you started with uh, around Mormons and content. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm inspired. Uh, I'm and I'm also concerned. Um, so here's some fire hose of some random thoughts for you. Uh, the Mormons have merged excellence with influence. They're a close unified community and they've leveraged that in the marketplace. Um, so in culture. How unified are Christians in our efforts in, uh, of reaching the lost? How are we doing with practicing excellence and, and earning influence like the Mormons have? All about, we're all about creating connection and relationship with people, right? In the church. You can do this on your social media channels. You can have an incredible conversations with people in direct messages that may or may not lead them to coming to your church. But maybe it leads them to a small group somewhere in their local community. Maybe it leads them to a church in their local community. And not only have you helped that person out, you've helped another local church out. Like, isn't that what the body of Christ is about? Isn't that what God wants us to do? We're building the body of Christ. We are the, the capital C church. Let's think about it in that perspective when we're thinking about social media. Because anyone could come in contact with your content from anywhere around the world. It doesn't have to just be your local community. Well, again, if you missed the conference, I'm so glad you were able to catch up a little bit by hearing the highlights from our very first ever conference. And if you did attend, I hope that that brought back so many memories, or maybe there's something you forgot about that you're like, oh yeah, I was gonna take action on that. I hope you're just as inspired as you were when you left the conference a week ago. I just want to let you guys know we're we're at the end of this podcast. We'll wrap this up. We have more podcasts coming uh, down the pipe. I'm so excited for what the rest of 2021 holds. But I promised that I was going to share something really cool that's coming your way. We are running, and this is not the last thing. This is one of many things that is coming your way as a social media church listener. You're hearing it. You're hearing it here first. Uh, and then you're going to see it. And so I want you to invite your friends. Uh, let's all participate in this together. But this is a free three-day challenge that we're putting on because it wasn't just good enough that we put on a conference. We want to make sure that you're actually going to take action. My friend and Nils's friend, Kenny Jang, uh, always says that he has a bias for action. And he actually, funny enough, sent me an email asking how the conference went, what was my takeaway from running the conference, what was my takeaway from the conference. Kenny is always having a bias for action and how are we improving. And so in the spirit of Kenny Jang, we want to run a three-day challenge that's actually going to help you and challenge you to implement the things you learned at the conference and apply them to your churches or ministries social media. 
Now, if you didn't attend the conference, this free day challenge is open to you. We're going to explain what the challenge is each of these three days. So you don't have to worry about uh, whether you saw a certain speaker's talk or whether you understand a certain concept. There's nothing exclusive outside of ideas and just really great content that happened at the conference. There's nothing exclusive about it to where you can't participate in this three-day challenge. But we want to make sure that we are all taking steps forward because it's not just good enough for us to deliver you the content. We want to make sure and why we put a price tag on the conference and why we ran a conference in the first place is so that you would take action upon what you learned so that we are improving all together on social media. So we're going to have a challenge. There's going to be a Facebook group. There's going to be uh, lots of posting. There's going to be lots of ideas that spread because we're all seeing how each person is executing on these different days and through these different challenges. So it's a three-day challenge. It's going to happen consecutively. You're going to get all the details of it. So you're going to want to make sure that you're on our email list. Uh, if you get notified of when the podcasts go live, you're on our email list. Uh, if you don't get weekly emails from us, uh, once a week we send you an email when this podcast launches, um, you want to go to socialmedia.church and get on our email list. Uh, You'll be able to do that. We'll make sure that it's linked out in the show notes of this uh, podcast episode as well. So wherever you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to find how to get on our email list. Uh, but that's when you're going to find out. You're going to be able to sign up for this uh, social media church challenge. Uh, you're going to find out when it's happening, where it's happening, everything you need to do to be in the loop. And what is so great about it is so it's free to you. Uh, you're going to... Um, learn and encounter lots of other churches uh, and lots of other ministry leaders, how they are going to participate in this challenge. You're going to learn things. You're going to see things uh, over these three days because we're all going to be posting our stuff because what happens is it's going to get judged. Yes, we are going to judge what you post. And each day there's going to be a winner based on what the challenge is. And the prizes are unbelievable. We've we, Nils and I were first talking about like, well, should we do like an Oculus headset? Should we do like a podcasting mic? And what we landed on uh, is we're actually going, based on the challenges, we're actually going to give you like a care package. So it's not just one gift. It's like care packages to help you continue growing your content in these particular areas. So three day challenge or three days of challenges. There's a prize and a winner associated with each day. And even if you don't win, you're learning alongside everybody else. You're seeing what they're posting. You're seeing uh, kind of where their brains go when we're talking about some of these different challenges. And then there's going to be a grand prize at the very end. So four chances to win. We're so excited. And this three-day challenge is going to lead into uh, another thing. There is going to be access. Uh, we haven't fully fleshed it out yet, but I can tell you as a listener to the Social Media Church podcast, we have gotten lots of questions about, am I going to be able to access at a later date the conference? Or if I miss the conference, am I going to be able to get back to it? The answer is yes. In some capacity, you are going to be able to. We have more announcements coming about that after this three-day challenge. But what I want you all to do right now is participate in this three-day challenge so that we can continue growing together. And most importantly, so that we can put the things that we learned from the conference in action into our own churches and ministries, social media. So 
Make sure you go in the show notes, get on our email list, uh, which will allow you to learn how to sign up for this three-day challenge. Uh, we will be in contact with you. There's going to be ads. There's going to be so many things. You're not going to miss it. Don't worry. Uh, stay close to us. Stay in this space. Participate in this three-day challenge. And let's all amplify our presence on social media together. Lastly, before I sign off, I appreciate each and every listener. One of the things I loved most about the conference was seeing all of the conversation that happened on, like in the conference, obviously, but also on social media. I had lots of great Twitter conversations. Nils and I want to hear from you. Tag us on Twitter. Some of our best relationships and how Nils and my relationship started was on Twitter from me listening to this podcast way back in 2014 when I just got started in ministry. And so I want to encourage each of you reach out to us on Twitter. You don't have to be a listener only. You can talk to us. We can have conversations. And those conversations ultimately uh, help us, one, get a better feel for the general community of what you'd like us to talk about. But it also uh, helps others participate in the conversation who might be following along on Twitter or on Instagram stories. Uh, Yeah, please reach out. We will respond to you. Uh, These are our favorite requests. And if you would, the other thing that helps people become aware of this, when I first started in ministry, I literally Googled social media church because I was trying to figure out how do I build community online and this podcast popped up. This podcast pops up when you subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so that more people like 2013, 2014 Aaron was doing can come across this content that's so richly blessed my ministry. And I hope as a listener, it's blessed yours. So leave a review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps more people who are searching for how to amplify their ministries on social media, actually get in contact with the content that's going to help them do that. If this episode was inspiring to you or you want your friend to join the three-day challenge, share this episode with them as well. I love you guys. I'm so appreciative for your listenership and more importantly for your community as we continue to crush social media together as partners in this wild world of the internet and the digital age and this pandemic. So happy to be doing ministry alongside each of you. Until next time, my name's Aaron and on behalf of my co-host, Neil Smith, this is the Social Media Church Podcast.